Ooh, it seems like Father Time has caught up to Andre Palat. Can he turn around come playoff time? And speaking of the playoffs, which first-round opponent would you rather the New Jersey Devils face? The Florida Panthers or the New York Rangers? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Scott Hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils Ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential MIA member, Trey Matthews. Lots to talk about. We got to talk about the struggles in regard to Andre Palat. I'll discuss as to whether or not I believe he can break out of his funk because we're just one game away from the regular season coming to an end, and then the playoffs are right around the corner. So we're like two steps away from it. And then a little later in the episode, I'll talk about Andre Palat's contract situation because some of you are concerned as to whether or not the New Jersey Devils could resign both Timo Meyer and Jesper Brad to lengthy extensions, given the fact that Andre Palat is one of the many players on the roster that is also signed long term. And then speaking of the playoffs, there are two potential first round opponents that the New Jersey Devils could play against. And it comes down to the final game of the regular season. Is it going to be the Florida Panthers? Or is it going to be the New York Rangers? Which opponent do I lean towards? So we'll talk about that in the third and final segment. But before we get into all of that, I have a big announcement to share with you guys. So I received an email from Locked On, and they informed me that Audible has selected my show to be a part of their brand awareness campaign. So what does that mean? Well, if you go to the Prudential Center during the course of the playoffs, you might notice that my show is going to be promoted. So keep your eyes peeled for my show at the Prudential Center, courtesy of Audible. Once again, it's a part of their brand awareness campaign. So it's not only just my show, there's a couple other NHL podcasts. So there's At The Rank. They're also part of this campaign. Then there's a book like The Tales from New Jersey Devil's Locker Room. They're also a part of the campaign. So the fact that my show was selected to be a part of this awesome campaign. I am just truly honored. And it starts with you guys. So there is no show without your support, whether it's on YouTube, Twitter, or a podcast streaming service. I can't thank you guys enough for your continuous support of my show. I'm not always right. I do make mistakes, but you guys have stuck by me. And I can't thank you guys enough because this show has continued to grow in more ways than one. And the fact that my show is going to be promoted throughout the Prudential Center during the playoffs, a pinnacle moment of the New Jersey Devils season. I am truly honored. So once again, thank you for making Locked on Devils your first listen. Can't do it without your guys' support. So thank you once again. Okay, let's get into it. So before we talk about Andre Palat, we do have some updates courtesy of friend of the show. It's so weird that I get to say this now, but friend of the show, Amanda Stein, said that Eric Holla and Curtis Lazar are both options to play Against the Washington Capitals, says Lindy Ruff. Michael McLeod skated this morning, doing better, but will not be on the trip. Ruff says he hopes McLeod could practice with the team at their next event. So that's some good news because I did say in the previous episode that even though Michael McLeod is hurt, it doesn't seem like it's that serious. And Curtis Lazar, he might get an opportunity to crack into the lineup. And Eric Halla, 
he's been taking a few extra maintenance days. So it's definitely refreshing to see that Eric Holla is going to be back, especially before the playoffs, because we definitely needed them, especially in that game against the Boston Bruins. So Eric Holla was dearly missed, especially what he could provide on the defensive side of things for our forwards. So once again, good news. Talked briefly about it in the previous episode, but nice to see that everything is clear for the most part, and we're close to getting Mike McLeod back. Okay, let's talk about Andre Palat and his struggles. Now, before we get into that, let's provide some background information. So how did the New Jersey Devils get to this point? So during the course of the offseason, we knew that the New Jersey Devils, that they were going to be guns blazing. They were going to try to be buyers throughout the offseason because they felt as though they had a healthy young core in Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, and also the franchise piece in Jack Hughes. They felt as though their goaltending could get better, especially Mackenzie Blackwood returning from injury. You also factor in Dougie Hamilton. Not too long ago, he was one of the finalists for the Norris Trophy while being a part of the Carolina Hurricanes organization. So the New Jersey Devils and Tom Fitzgerald were basically just trying to have their eyes set on a good piece. So they were always in the running for some of these big-name players. So you had Kevin Fiala, you had Alex DeBrincat, you had Matthew Kachuk, you had Johnny Goodrow. Unfortunately, things didn't go in that sort of way. So obviously they didn't get Kevin Fiala, they didn't get Alex DeBrincat, and Johnny Goodrow elected to sign with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And when Ryan Novozinski, who's a beat writer for NJ.com covering the New Jersey Devils, when he first appeared on this show during the course of the summer, he revealed that the New Jersey Devils and the Calgary Flames, they initially had a deal in the works. However, something fell through at the last minute. This was on draft night. I don't know how far along they were in the trade process, but Novo informed me that basically it was close, but just not quite there. So, that was definitely disappointing to hear. And then we know that a little later in the summer, Matthew Kachuk got dealt away to the Florida Panthers. So a lot of people are wondering, why did the New Jersey Devils break the bank essentially for Andre Palat? Because Andre Palat is signed long-term. So he is signed to a five-year, $30 million contract. And he will not be an unrestricted free agent until Nico Heischer is an unrestricted free agent. So we're talking about after the 2026-2027 season so basically what i believe is that uh andre palat's agent or representative basically put tom fitzgerald in a corner and said you better uh cough up the money for our client because we know you have it and we know that andre palat was your backup option and we'll just go somewhere else if you're not willing to comply that's obviously i'm over dramatizing it just a little bit but Basically, I think that's what happened behind closed doors. So the New Jersey Devils, they did cough up the money uh, to make sure that they got their backup piece because they soon after signed Andre Palat after it was revealed that Johnny Goodrow was going to sign with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So my expectations for Andre Palat going into this year was that I felt as though he was bound to have a career year because I felt like he was going to be one of the main options for the New Jersey Devils because if you look last season while playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning, he appeared in 77 games. He had 18 goals, 31 assists for a grand total of 49 points. And he had a plus minus of plus 15. So, and, and let's not forget, we'll talk a little later about this in the episode, but Andre Palat did have a big showing during the course of the playoffs last year. So I was like, okay, since he's going to be one of the main options uh, during the course of preseason, they tested something out with the H2O line, which was basically Hughes, Holtz, and Andre. Honestly, that was pretty compelling to watch, and it was actually somewhat successful during the course of the preseason. So I was really looking forward to that potential line pairing, but 
didn't happen like that. So obviously I, I had some moderate expectations for Andre Pilat because I felt as though since he was going to be the main focus for the New Jersey Devils or one of the main focuses, especially being paired alongside someone like Jack Hughes or Nico Keisha or someone of that caliber, then I said, okay, maybe he will have a career year. Maybe we'll see a surge and maybe he will be worth that money. But we know what happened. Andre Pilat actually got off to a pretty respectable start to the season because a lot of people might forget this, but Andre Pilat was one of the main reasons why I don't think Lindy Ruff was given the can and why uh, the New Jersey Devils were able to turn their season around so early because if you guys recall, the New Jersey Devils, they lost the first game against the Philadelphia Flyers by a score of 5-2. Then a couple days later, they lost the Detroit Red Wings by the same score. So there was a lot of rumors circulating saying that, oh, Lindy Ruff is on the hot seat. He might get fired, but Andre Pilat, he took the he took the rumors to heart and he was able to score in the game against the Anaheim Ducks. And that basically put the New Jersey Devils back into a momentum swing and then in the next game against the New York Islanders, Andre Pilat scored twice. So that was pretty much the spark plug that the New Jersey Devils needed in order to turn around their season fairly quickly because, let's face it, I think a lot of you can remember. The Devils had their backs against the wall, and it was pretty much like, you better step up right now. We have too much talent on this roster to be reverting back to the same team that we were a couple years ago. So... Andre Pilat, he was the one who pulled the uh, soldiers up by their bootstrings, and I give him credit in that sort of way. But what happens? He goes down with a groin injury. He needs surgery, and then he's out for an extended period of time. He's not a part of that 13-game win streak. He returns, and he shows glimpses of what he could potentially do because we saw him score a couple times here and there. And then the New Jersey Devils, they get Timo Meyer, And this is where I think things went downhill for Andre Pilat because – Timo Meyer is now another piece that the New Jersey Devils have to try to incorporate in their um, machine and try to function properly because now you got Jack Hughes, you got Nico Heischer, you got Jesper Bratt. Now you got to add Timo Meyer, and he's got to have his reps. I knew Andre Pilat would be moved back down to the bottom six, and because you you got to try to factor in Timo Meyer, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer. Dawson Mercer was having a big year, at, and he was really uh, turning a lot of heads. Tomas Shatar, we know what he was doing. So, Andre Pilat, unfortunately, he just fell out of favoritism and uh, he's gone silent. And that's why I don't really talk about him on this show, because sometimes I forget that he's out there, if I'm being completely honest. So when we're looking at the stats, I, I think if if he was being paid at a way cheaper rate, I don't think people would be so pissed off with his overall performance, because in 49 game appearances, he has eight goals, 15 assists for a grand total of 23 points. So if you need some reference, he has three less points than Miles Wood. He has two more points than Jonas Siegenthaler. And he has three more points than Jesper Boquist. So when we're looking at his numbers, we'll say, oh, yeah, that's pretty much a bottom six player. That's what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to be your, your top option, your second option, your third option. They're meant to just provide that sort of spark plug kind of role on the bottom six. But unfortunately, since he's being paid that significant amount of money, I think that's where people get a little pissed off. So courtesy of our friend Ryan Ovazinski, once again, he uh, released an article shortly after the New Jersey Devils played against the Boston Bruins, and he talked about how Andre Pilat did not have a good showing in that game. So if you want to hear Ryan Ovazinski's thoughts and if you want to uh, read the article, the link for that will be in the description. But basically what Novo uh, hinted at in the article, Palat, unfortunately, he shot an awful 33.9% expected goals percentage. 
at five on five. The Devils just looked uh, like they were playing a step backwards whenever he was on the rink because they also got outshot. Then this is something that I noticed and Novo also touched on in his article. And I think a lot of other Devils fans noticed, but you saw that Andre Palat, he was utilized much less as the game progressed. And I think that's an important topic of discussion because now it leads into the next discussion. Am I concerned for Andre Palat? Because Novo touched on it in his article, and I obviously see it with my own two eyes. A lot of you have been pointing out that Andre Palat is basically non-existent. So basically, is it time to be concerned about Andre Palat? So Ken Danico pointed this out in the last game for the New Jersey Devils when they played against the Buffalo Sabres. He said he understands that Andre Palat's been struggling, but I want you guys to remember, I think the main reason why the New Jersey Devils got Andre Palat was for veteran leadership because I believe he's the only person on the team to have won a Stanley Cup finals. So I think that's where that experience comes into play because he's not he's won not one but two Stanley Cups and that definitely goes a long way so he's not like PK Subban where he's appeared in the Stanley Cup finals he's actually won it obviously PK Subban played on the team last year he's retired now but just giving that bit of an example and then you got people like Brendan Smith Eric Halla they've made playoff runs before but they haven't won but Candanico basically made this point he was like wait until the playoffs to see if Andre Palat steps up his game because I want you guys to remember something from last year for Andre Palat. He had a big showing during the course of the playoffs when the Tampa Bay Lightning were trying to go back to back to back in the Stanley Cup Finals. So in 23 game appearances, Palat had 11 goals, 10 assists for a grand total of 21 points with a plus minus of plus 10. So the Tampa Bay Lightning don't go back to the Stanley Cup for a third straight time if Andre Palat doesn't step up his game. So I, I, that's what I want people to factor in. I know you're frustrated. I know you're pissed off. And I'm not trying to give Andre Palat an out or an excuse. But at the same time, just factor in. Like, the reason they got him is for the veteran leadership. And Andre Palat knows when to step up his game when it matters most. So the example that I gave early on in this episode is, remember when Lindy Ruff was on the hot seat? Who was the one who was able to score against the Anaheim Ducks and play somewhat of a crucial role in the Devils getting their first win of the season? And then the very next game against the New York Islanders, Palat was able to score twice more. So that's what I want people to consider. And also factor in that, unfortunately, with the rise of Dawson Mercer and the resurgence of Thomas Shatar, Andre Palat is being utilized less, less, and less, and less. And Novo touched on it in his article. And it's just something that we're all noticing, which is Andre Palat and his usage rate with just how young the New Jersey Devils are. And, and with how much promise they've been showing, the ve- the veteran player in Andre Palat just might not be as important at, in terms of just racking up the points. So, yes, he's an overpaid bottom six player. But the main question I think a lot of you are concerned with, can the New Jersey Devils still re-sign Timo Meyer and Jesper Bratt to lengthy extensions, especially with the contract of Andre Palat? Well, let's answer this question first. Can Andre Palat be traded? Well, let's go back to his five-year, $30 million contract. And how old is he? Oh, he's 32. Yeah, I don't think you can convince a general manager in the NHL to take up a big contract for Andre Palat, who, let's face it, like I said, is being overpaid. 
and is aging and his numbers are going backwards. Like I know some people are just going to scoreboard watch, but we know what the circumstance is as to why Andre Palat's numbers are going down a little bit, just because you got all these other good players who have to get their reps. And unfortunately you got to put that focus on them, especially while they're young is still trying to develop and find their footing in the NHL. That's the difference between a team like Tampa Bay. That's full, full of veterans and, just knows how to establish an identity versus a team like New Jersey, a young up and coming team, a team that's showing a lot of promise and their record shows it. And, at, at, but at the same time, their star players are still young and they're still trying to just find their way in the league just a little bit more. They're close, not quite there, but they're, but there's, they have so much upside, but going back to Andre Pilat and the general manager situation, I don't think there's a general manager out there. That's willing to take that contract. It, it, we're stuck with Andre Pilat, as far as I'm concerned, for the next year or so. But that's just my opinion. I think it's possible, but similar to what James Nichols said, when he appeared on this show not too long ago, if the New Jersey Devils were to hypothetically re-sign Damon Severson, would you be okay with the Devils trading away Damon Severson, who's been a part of this team for a good while, one of the longest tenured Devils players on the roster alongside with Mackenzie Blackwood? And also, Miles Wood, are you willing to just let them walk in free agency or they just re-sign them and basically you just get pennies, you get scraps? So, yeah, that that that's something you have to take into consideration if you're willing to part ways with Andre Pilat. I'm sure a lot of people will say yes, but at the same time, since the Devils did get Timo Meyer, I think that is going to be their main uh, concern going into the offseason. That's going to be their main priority. And basically, I'm here to answer the question. Can Timo Meyer and Jesper Bratt still resign, lengthy extensions, despite having Andre Pilat on the roster? Short answer is yes, but the Devils are going to have to be somewhat flexible. So when looking at the cap situation, courtesy of Cap Friendly, you see that Jack Hughes, he signed long-term. Nico Keisher signed long-term. We know Andre Pilat is signed long-term. Jesper Brad is said to become a restricted free agent at $5.45 million. Then Thomas Shatar, he's said to be an unrestricted free agent at $4.5 million. Devils might look to resign him. Miles Wood, $3.2 million, unrestricted free agency. He's a bit of a coin flip. I, I think he'll be a last kind of guy on the list of people that could be resigned. Timo Meyer, $3 million, restricted free agency. So that kind of helps a little bit that both Brant and Meyer are restricted free agents, not unrestricted free agents. Then you got Eric Halla, $2.375 million, unrestricted free agent. Yegor Sharangovich, $2 million, restricted free agent. Curtis Lazar is here for a couple more seasons at $1 million. Michael McLeod is set to become a restricted free agent. Dawson Mercer is signed through next year. Jesper Boquist is set to become a, a restricted free agent. Same with Nathan Bastian. Dougie Hamilton is signed long-term. John Marino is signed long-term. Damon Severson, unrestricted free agent at $4.16 million. Ryan Graves, $3.16 million, unrestricted free agent. Jonas Siegenthaler is signed long-term. Brendan Smith is signed through next year. Luke Hughes signed his entry-level contract, so he's going to eat up this year, and then he's got two more years remaining. Kevin Ball will become a restricted free agent, and then Mackenzie Blackwood at $2.8 million will become a restricted free agent. Then Jonathan Bernier is on the long-term injury reserve at $4.125 million, but that we're not even going to discuss that. But the openings are there for the New Jersey Devils. So once again, when looking at the, the salary cap situation, you, you, you see that Thomas Tatar, he, he has a contract of $4.5 million. I think you could convince Thomas Tatar to re-sign at a cheaper deal because he is also getting older. He's 32 years of age, and 
this could be just a fluke year. I'm not trying to condescend uh, his achievement in any which sort of way, but just putting that out there. And then Miles Wood, maybe you let him walk. And then when looking at the defensive side of things, Damon Severson, he's going to wherever the hell he's going. And then Ryan Graves, you might have to make that tough decision of letting him walk. But yeah, the openings are there for the New Jersey Devils because like I said, uh, I think the main focus is re-signing Meyer and also Brad. But at the same time, I think they're going to be focusing on just trying to develop Luke Hughes and also Shimon Nemetz. So maybe the Devils would be comfortable of letting go Damon Searson and also Ryan Graves. And then Mackenzie Blackwood, he might be given the boot, especially since Akira Schmid has shown a lot of promise this year. And a lot of Devils fans might say that they prefer Akira Schmid over Mackenzie Blackwood. So he might be given the unfortunate boot. So I just want to reiterate, the openings are there. So don't be too concerned, even if the Devils can't trade away Andre Pilat, because the, the fact of the matter is simply this. The Devils do have the cap space. They have the flexibility. and But tough decisions are going to have to be made. And maybe, just maybe, if they only re-sign one or the other, they're definitely going to try to focus on Timo Myers. So... Yeah, that's the situation for Andre Pilat. Do I think he could turn it around? I say you seal your legacy during the course of the playoffs. So he has to step up his game come playoff time if he wants to show any signs of improvement, at least on my end. So that's where I stand with Andre Pilat and his situation. I'll give him a pass as long as he performs well during the course of the playoffs. Now, before we continue with today's episode, I want you guys to make some extra cash so you know the drill. You have to head over to FanDuel to make that extra cash because Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up today, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So don't miss your chance on a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of the MLB. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at LockedOnBets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, let's talk about playoff opponents. So like we do here at the LockedOn Podcast Network, hosts talk amongst one another. So Armando, the host of LockedOn Panthers, he tweeted this out. He said, if Florida beats Carolina in regulation or OT and New Jersey beats Washington, Panthers will play New Jersey. New Jersey owns the tiebreaker over Carolina. So basically when looking at the bracket for right now, um, obviously it, it does say that the New York Islanders who just clinched a playoff spot have the first wild card, but that is going to change because if the Florida Panthers come away with the win, that will change because the Islanders have already played their final game of the year and Thus, once again, they were able to clinch a playoff spot. So if the Florida Panthers do win, they'll play the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders will play the Boston Bruins. So don't need to worry too much about that. But basically, the, the, the debate is, who would you rather have the Devils play in the first round this postseason? Because they do have home ice advantage. So that's definitely a big factor. Do you want to take on the New York Rangers or do you want to take on the Florida Panthers? So... Once again, if the Carolina Hurricanes lose to the Florida Panthers and the New Jersey Devils beat the Washington Capitals, then the New Jersey Devils, they'll be kings of the Metropolitan Division and they'll take on the Florida Panthers. But if the Carolina Hurricanes are able to win and if the Devils lose to the Capitals, 
then the Devils will remain as is and play the New York Rangers in the opening round. But basically, here's how the New Jersey Devils stacked up against the Panthers this year. So the first time that the New Jersey Devils played against the Panthers was on December 17th, and that was at the Prudential Center. They lost 4-2. to Remember, Matthew Kachuk and Nico Heischer got into it a little bit. Second time they played the Panthers in Florida, Devils came away with a 4-2 to victory, but then we know what happened a few weeks ago in which the New Jersey Devils, they blew a two-goal lead, and they allowed the Florida Panthers to score four unanswered goals on them. So the Devils were outshot 10-8 to against the Florida Panthers this year. However, when looking at the New York Rangers, the Devils have only lost once to New York Rangers, but that was in overtime. So they have not lost in regulation to the Rangers this year. First time they played the Rangers in late November, Devils came away with a 5-3 to victory. Then December 12th, Devils lost 4-3 to in OT. Uh, January 7th, I remember that game. I was in attendance. I was covering it, and I got to speak with Jack Hughes postgame. Devils came away with a 4-3 to victory. That's when Jack Hughes went off. And then Devils played the Rangers just uh, just like a week or two ago on March 30th, and they came away with a 2-1 to victory. And remember, that was the first time the Devils played against the New York Rangers post-trade deadline because the Devils uh, had not faced the Rangers with Tarasenko and Kane on their roster yet at that point. So James Nichols tweeted this out on April 8th. He said, potentially unpopular opinion. New York Rangers is a better matchup for the New Jersey Devils than the Islanders or Panthers in the first round. Remember, this was before the Islanders or Panthers clinched a playoff spot. So that was what was at stake during that time. And then I quote tweeted it and I said, interesting. Let me hear your thoughts, uh, New Jersey Devils fans. And you guys, once again, bombarded my Twitter feed. And I read through most of your responses. But now it's time to provide my opinion. I told you how the Devils stack up. And either opponent, either way, I still think the Devils will be fine. But I think the team that will give them the least amount of trouble is the New York Rangers. This might be an unpopular opinion. Because if they win the Metropolitan Division, that's great and all. Because the New Jersey Devils will get a banner hung at the Prudential Center. And basically it says that they are the Metropolitan Division champions. 2022-2023 season. So either way, they'll get a banner hung or it'll just be added to an already existing banner. But uh, digressing a little bit, they'll they'll get some sort of remembrance hung at the Prudential Center if if they do uh, end up first in the Metro. But at the same time, you have to think about this. The Devils have struggled against the Florida Panthers this year because even though they were able to come away with that 4-2 victory back in December when they went to Florida – it was still an uphill battle. And you got to remember that uh, Nico Heischer, he does have some beef with Matthew Kachuk, and we know how much of a goon Matthew Kachuk is. And I'm not even going to lie. He was a goon that game. Because, remember, during a faceoff, unfortunately, Nico Heischer, he got tangled up with Alexander Barkov, who is the Panthers' uh, captain. Barkov went down. And as a result, the Florida Panthers, they were headhunting Nico Heischer, particularly Matthew Kachuk, during the rest of that game. And then the very next game, uh, when the Florida Panthers and the Devils played each other, after the Devils had won the game, Matthew Kachuk, he was just acting like a fool, and he decided to go after Nico Heischer after the final whistle sounded, and he, he just wanted to fight him. And I'm just like, come on. Your captain, Barkov, literally said that he knew it was an accident. I'm sorry he got hurt on the faceoff, but it was not like Barkov went down for the rest of the year. That's not what happened. So... Personally, I, I know, but I know the rivalry between the Rangers and the Devils, and things can definitely get a little out of hand. 
But I just but I just think, just hear me out. I think the Devils will perform better against the Rangers, and here's why: the Rangers, they're still a they're very successful. They're a very successful young team. I'll give credit where credit is due. But I think when we're looking at the the flow of the game, the one thing I'm concerned about. I think the Florida Panthers will get to the Devils, and that's why it might be a bit of a struggle for them. And we already know the chippiness between both respective teams. I think the Devils can match up better against the Rangers. And quite honestly, Shesterkin, he might be on one. He might be off one. I don't really know. But I think the Devils would have a better go at it against the, the New York Rangers because they're still a relatively young team. And whether it's the Coyotes or the Senators or the Sabres, young teams that like to run and gun like the Devils do, the Devils still find a way to find themselves victorious more times than not in those matchups. So I think the Devils, given the track history against the New York Rangers, I think that it'll bring the best out of them. It would be nice to be Kings of the Metropolitan Division. I'm not against that. And like I said, I still think the Devils will be fine either way. But something else you have to factor in, Florida Panthers are going into uh, the playoffs red hot. So do you really want to see a team that has full momentum going their way? Just think about it. Just ponder it. So let me know what you guys think. Because for the third and final time, I think the Devils will be fine either way. But I think the team that will give them the less amount of trouble is the New York Rangers. And I think what James Nichols said I don't think it's unpopular. I think it's. Uh, I think there's a lot of truth to it, just based on how the Devils have performed against the Rangers this year. And I think a lot of Devils fans could back it up. But curious to hear your guys' thoughts. So leave a comment down below. Which team would you rather the Devils play come the first round of the playoffs? And as for today's lengthy episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again. Final game of the regular season. Who are the Devils going to play first round?